What's up, everybody? Welcome to FTW with Ahmad Khan. I'm your host, Ahmad Khan, and thank you for joining us on the Bruxa Please Save Us edition of the podcast. Uh, let's jump straight into last weekend, where we saw the homestand premiere for the Overwatch League. So I, being a New York resident, was graciously invited to the New York homestand, between, uh, hosted by NYXL, obviously, but featuring, you know, London Spitfire, Paris Eternal, etc., and, you know, just from a, and before we get into the, the games and whatnot, just from a pure fan perspective, NYXL killed it. Like, it was a great event at the Manhattan Center down on 34th Street near um, Penn Station. Just super solid event. Lots of fun. Sold out crowd. That crowd, the, NY, the New York crowd, I had, I mean, I knew New York fans were passionate about the XL. But man, they were like they were going nuts, and especially when it came to Boston Uprising, that rivalry. I mean, it, it's fomented from traditional sports, and it's definitely translating into esports. So it was just a lot of fun. If you are in, you know, wherever you are, if there's a homestand near you, go check it out. The tickets were actually surprisingly expensive, right? Like, you know, these weren't like ten dollar tickets; they were like eighty dollars uh, plus. Uh, per, per day or for the weekend type, type situation. And the fact that they were able to sell tickets at that price and still sell out is a testament to kind of maybe the power of esports in New York. I don't know how that'll be the case necessarily uh, with the other homestands. I've heard that Dallas, well, Dallas is all, was one of, was the first homestand from uh, last season. And uh, from all indications that that event also went off uh, without a hitch, it, it, it was really solid. Uh, I think we were all kind of waiting to see how the homestands would be in China. But given the coronavirus outbreak, all, all those events have been canceled. So if you're a fan of uh, any of the Chinese teams, you know, uh, whether it be Chengdu or Shanghai or whatever, uh, Guangzhou, what was the last one? Who did? Uh, I can't call it off the top of my head. But either way. Uh, and if you're in Seoul, that's like the best time to uh, kind of check it out. Uh, but, you know, it really it, – it's interesting – well, no, it's really unfortunate how the coronavirus is just affecting esports all around, especially in Asia. Pretty much any esports event in China has been canceled. Any global esports event, like, for example, the PUBG, the, uh, PUBG finals in Berlin were canceled, uh, even though that's in Germany. Uh, it was canceled because there's so many top PUBG players from China, and just like the travel is, it was just becoming completely non-existent. Uh, and even outside the world of esports, even like traditional conferences are, or more traditional conferences are being canceled. Uh, Mobile World Conference in Barcelona, I want to say, has just been canceled outright. I mean, the the Barcelona, like Mobile World Congress, they tried to essentially make it safe or try to, um, you know assuage people to continue, you know, to continue coming to the conference by saying, oh, you know, we'll have face masks and we'll, we, we, we recommend people not shake hands. But so many vendors continued pulling out and pulling out that they were just like, okay, we looks like we got to cancel this. Uh, it's a real bummer. I'm sure they're going to lose a ton of money on that. But, you know, people uh, generally don't want to uh, get deathly ill. So, uh, but beyond, you know, just kind of like the, the pageantry of, uh, of the NYXL ho homestand, the games themselves were really fun and solid. So, you know, London came in with essentially a brand new team, you know, uh, and London being the, they won season one, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, being the inaugural champions. Actually, let me double check this. I <laughs> but either way, uh, London, you know, being a relatively new team uh, and, and taking on NYXL, you know, which is an established team, they actually did put... Uh, you know, give NYXL a run for its money, but, you know, the 
the NYXL just like turned it around, right? It, 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 it was quite a fantastic turnaround by NYXL. And uh, then from there, after, after the London matches, it was just total domination by NYXL. They did a really good, good job. Um, Season champions. I apologize for the clicking and clapping behind me. Yeah, it was a Spitfire. I, you know, when you uh, say something and then all of a sudden you just like doubt yourself, uh, I have that problem. So I just need to like constantly double checking things. Either way, good on NYXL. Uh, let's jump in. Let's let's jump away from the world of Overwatch and let's quickly jump into one of my passions, fighting games and uh, Super Smash Brothers. So uh, melee is having a big event starting this weekend with Smash Summit 9. If you don't know what Smash Summit is, it is uh, an event held by um, Beyond the Summit. These are invitational-only events. You have to essentially be in the top 10 to qualify. There are a few other seats uh, reserved for people who place really high in tournament, and then there's a voting system based on uh, points that are allotted to people who buy merchandise, that, and they can use those their points to essentially petition certain players to get in what's interesting is uh the seating list has come out and we have a new number one which is huge right and it is zane nagmi you know he doesn't go by a gamer tag just zane zane has uh he's coming off fresh from his win at genesis 7 uh defeating hungry box the who, you know who still is the number one player in the world but right now zane is ranked number one and uh and you know that number one ranking has and especially that Genesis win has boosted him into having an organization sponsor him, right? Which is kind of a rarity in the fighting games community. But essentially, Zane has been uh, has been picked up by Golden Guardians, you know, owned by the uh, Golden State Warriors, and it's a huge get. I have no idea what his salary is going to be like. Uh, I'll try to do some digging to see if his salary is going to be, you know, uh, commiserate to something that a Mango or HBox is making. Granted, you know, Xbox and Mango are such, um, you know, they're they're so they're so much bigger than just being, you know, some of the best Smash players in the world. They they are really big personalities with large social media following, so they can kind of demand higher higher wages in that sense. Uh, Zane is he's he's considered a post doc player, somebody who came into melee after the was it two thousand thirteen the Smash Brothers documentary that came out on YouTube. So he's a relatively new player in the scene and uh, has already boosted himself in you know in the top ten and currently number one based on Smash Summit, uh, uh, you know bracketing. But beyond that, you know, two at HBox, uh, then we have uh, three is Mango, four with Leffen, uh, five with Axe, six with Ansa, seven with Fiction, eight with Wizrobe, nine with IDB, uh, IBDW, and ten with Plup. Uh, what's cool is uh, the rest of the players, I'm really excited to see Hacks Money play, the New York player, the one that um, had to forego using a GameCube controller due to uh, various wrist problems and has re and has created a uh, like a keyboard-style controller to play a game that's analog. He's completely relearned, relearned Melee on it, and he's starting to really perform at top levels that, uh, you know, like he did when he wasn't uh, injured. So it'll be great to see Hacks and see how well he does. I have a feeling right now he's sponsored by Even Matchups Gaming, Even Matchup Gaming, and I you know I assume they're you know a great sponsor and whatnot. But they are a tier two sponsor. They aren't like at the level of a Team Liquid or a Cloud9 or a TSM or a CLG. If 
Hax does uh, especially well at Summit. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets picked up by a major sponsor, assuming you know he's out of contract, uh, but p- gets picked up by a major, major sponsor and you know helps pick up his career and you know uh, so he can get back into being uh, in top ten. I mean, his goal is obviously to be number one. So definitely look out for Smash Summit Nine. Uh, what else is going on? I mean, Call of Duty dropped its like a crazy six. Uh, 60 gigabyte patch for uh, essentially it's season two uh, that I haven't gotten a chance to play with I because you know it's been downloading for forever but it does look like Modern Warfare is about to introduce uh, a battle royale mode and I don't know if that'll interplay with its esports plans uh, with Call of Duty League or if they'll have any one-off uh, kind of contests with its battle royale mode but you know we'll we'll see how it is we'll see and we'll check it out if it ends up you know, getting into insane levels of hype and popularity, why not, right? Why not have one-off events that can, you know, bring in pro players and everyone else, and they can all just kind of compete in a free-for-all. But we will see how that continues. Sorry, not a, a lot of updates from the London homestand and Call of Duty League. I I was busy with the NYXL homestand, so it was hard to, like, parse through that. Uh, and other than that, you know, it's... Uh, it's been it's uh, the 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 esports season is you know just starting to pick up and we'll see how things kind of progress from here. So I'm about to transition this part of the podcast into uh, my conversation with a- uh, Stephen A. Sarge of Newsweek. So let's jump into that right now. And now I'm joined by Stephen A. Sarge of Newsweek to discuss week three of the LCS split. Steven, what's been going on? Well, actually, before we get to league, what's been going on with you? What's uh, how, how how's life been? It's 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 all right. I'm still kicking. I'm still writing. Uh, league of Legends has enveloped my life. I have decided to quit it. Uh, I'm taking some time away from league. Uh, it's a toxic video game that destroys the people who play it. So I've decided to not play League of Legends. Uh, a little bit. Let's see how, how long, how long is this? How long is this hiatus going to last for? You think? Um. Well, if I don't, I don't really like League of Legends. Uh, it's kind of a miserable video game. <laughs> um, like I never, I never feel better about myself after playing League of Legends. Like what, I spend why like. Do you think you do it? I do it because it's a compulsion, like an addiction. I swear, like, it, it goes to the dopamine parts of my brain when I get a win, like, I accomplish something. I didn't accomplish anything. I built some silver, I beat some silver four Warwick, who's, like, just starting to learn how to jungle. whoop de fucking do Like, I I think League is a, is a genuinely miserable video game. And I stand by the decision to uh, not have to play it. Well, we'll you know, speaking of... Speaking of utter misery, uh, Doublelift has been having a miserable, you know, split this year, and it's it might come down to his Senna. So, uh, Asarch, for those who are listening, kind of explain, you know, why you think Senna is doing so poorly this split. Well, Senna's a weird champion that's really, really good in solo queue and has a lot of utility. Like, having the ability to root, having the ability to heal, and having make you some versatile champion. So, like, on paper, Senna's really, really good. But because Senna is mainly a utility ADC, you're losing out on a major amount of DPS to 
your autos can be fairly slow, and you also have to like collect souls to really like ramp up properly and gets actually powerful. And in an LCS situation where people can't like understand where to block and not exactly allow Senna to grow, like a really, really aggressive support can really poop on a Senna who doesn't understand where they're supposed to be. Like Senna can Senna is an incredibly overtuned champion and will be seen in the LCS until they nerf her into oblivion. It's a lot of like the other broken bot lane champions that we've seen over the years that you have to play her because you know, no one liked Sona Tarek, but double and played Sona Tarek because that was what you wanted to see her in. Senna is a good champion, but doesn't necessarily have the same carry potential as a, like a Tristana or a Caitlyn or even a Sivir, which Doublelift is really known for. In its vein, is Doublelift's classic character champion. Mm. Well, you know, uh, well, I guess with Liquid, I mean, for week four, uh, Broxa, am I pronouncing that right? It seems like Broxa was having some visa issues, but is coming back for week four. Um, do you think that? Broxa will be able to solve uh, Liquid's problem because, I mean, they just lost, you know, kind of badly yesterday against um, Golden Guardians. It's week three. Gestures don't mean anything. Like, we are so early in the season making points about who's playing what and, like, how good each player is. It's kind of irrelevant. You know? If Cloud9 can turn their season around after losing every game in a row, like, it's... There's, there's no real reason. Like, Doublelift just needs, like, the time to pop off. You know? Metas change. Everything constantly fluctuates. Like, the, the preseason this year was one of the wildest. Like, the elemental drinks, like, shifting the board. And what's, what's happened is, in the overall League of Legends metagame, bot lane has become the crucial focus, and top lane has become the least important. And the reason uh, bottom lane is because drakes are everything. You can trade a kill or two kills for a drake and consider it worth. Like, being the first to get to four elemental souls is a major, major, major advantage. So bot lane is like this place, like mid laners are constantly roaming, junglers are constantly focused on the, on the bot side of the map, and uh, top laners, since teleport got nerfed uh, and now has a longer cooldown, it's them to, to join the fight. So, putting all of that together, it's made bot lane the main area of focus, and you know, that's that could when, when you put double lift on a utility champion when he is the focus for everyone's attention, you can struggle. Well, you know, speaking of meta changes, so the 10.4 patch is coming soon, and uh, based on a blog post by Mark Scruffy Yetter, he says, In 10.4, we're going to try adding a handful of champs that we, and you, love into the jungle pool. We'd be doing very focused changes that buff these champs' jungle clears, but leave their lanes unchanged. Uh, have you looked into 10.4 patches, and how do you think it might affect the, the meta on the jungle side? Uh, I have not looked into the 10.4 meta changes. I wait until I get the patch notes. What exactly is happening with the jungle? Um, so, according to the story by Tyler Esguera from uh, Dot Esports, um, 
Uh, they're well, essentially the, the, let's let's just uh, if you want to get the PVE changes, you literally go to Surrender at twenty every every week. Like mm-hmm. it's that's 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 where the the PVE changes are. If you want a, a good League of Legends writer tip. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. Well then, I I as I guess as the so I mean overall we're seeing a kind of a different I don't know tournament uh, metagame develop right so uh, Evil Geniuses is back with a brand new team uh, FlyQuest is uh, you know they're not doing great but they're slowly coming up I mean what what do you think we should expect in the next few weeks in league or is it, is it still just too early to tell so early it's the beginning of the season teams the meta is constantly changing like we're not going to know how this season is going to go until at least week eight and then maybe we'll have a better idea of what the better wants like the the fact that they put all these these new franchises in they kicked immortals out then they put immortals back in you know they wanted to rub noah's face in it it was <laughs> it was super like i to me um League LCS doesn't kick off for the first couple of weeks, but because everything is even wilder and we don't even understand, like Set is so stupidly broken, Aphelios is so stupidly broken, like all the champions that they've released since Season 9 um, are dumb, and I hate them. And Riot's balance is getting seeing more complicated changes and changes uh, mm. this has been my rant after so many <laughs> well you know speaking of um i guess balancing champions uh, you and i were both at the nyxl homestand for overwatch league and you know i i was talking about on last week's show how uh, overwatch league has implemented a new system to try to like circle in champions based on usage percentage do you think something like that could ever really work in League? Um, no. No. No, 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 no. You, I think less patches are better than more patches when it comes to League. League in its earlier days was releasing a new champion every month, and that was terrible, because they would release the most overpowered broken champions and the least powered garbage champions because they had no balance time. I think when it comes to major, like, League updates are big, at least compared to Overwatch, which can be like, Bridget heals uh, 75 instead of 76, and that gets a whole major update. Uh, League, League patches tend to be a little a little more robust, uh, a bit larger, and dear God, no, 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 no. I already hate that they, they do it every two weeks now, and that's already too much. Well, I guess I meant more like the way uh, Overwatch League is doing it, in which, um, like, let's say if one week Diva is being used excessively, then like the following week Diva is banned altogether. And I know uh, it's oh, like they're kind of wait- hero ban. I wrote about that. Mm. No, no. League has a hundred and forty champions. Right. Overwatch has like twenty something. Like, it doesn't make any sense with League. Hmm. So just like the current ban system is probably the best way to kind of internally regulate? Yeah, they, right now it's the, the best way they can do it. Okay, okay. They, they have a bunch of nerds who ban five champion weeks. 
right now, I, I, I can't actually hate on how they're making fan phases in this game. In regular play and in uh, DLCS. It's weird. Because I can complain about everything. <laughs> uh, well, you know, speak, well, let, let's, let's move away from League and let's quickly just touch on the, these homestand events for Overwatch League. Uh, well, I mean, what were your thoughts with uh, the NYXL games? They were hyped. for me I, I think they're super fun I should have my invert join my other esports presence account on a couple days um, and uh, let's see if this can keep momentum no I totally agree like the homestands were a ton of fun um, I was already looking on the calendar to see when uh, you know there would be another New York event uh, I do think it's rather ambitious, like, how these worldwide events are, are, are happening. Uh, it does suck that, like, the four chi China events are just, you know, canceled uh, outright. But, you know, I, it's, it's, it's just something I didn't – yeah, I, I just wasn't expecting, like, kind of the level of hype, uh, considering, you know, it's a relatively new – you know, it's only a few years old, um, and the game, it's, it just isn't as big as, like, Counter-Strike which is, like, seeing its highest uh, player base in its history. It's not as big as League, right? Um, but these fans come out, and they come out with so much passion that, you know, you can't help but just, you know, get caught up in the hype. Um, I, 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 it, of course, Overwatch still suffers, and I think League suffers from, from this, too. It's just, like, if you don't know how to play the game, you don't really know how to watch the game. But if you can play the game a little, understand it a little, it was a ton of fun, and I think... Uh, you know, NYXL put on a great show. So if you don't uh, play Overwatch, there is no way you understand what the hell is happening on that screen. <laughs> it is just a bunch of flashing colors and monkeys and wolves throwing each other themselves at each other. Like I know there are dads who stumble on a stream on ABC or like things they watch on Twitch and be like, "Ooh, what's that monkey doing over there?" But like there is no way in hell anyone can actually understand what's happening on the Overwatch screens. If you're an eSport, a casual can watch without ever, ever, ever playing Overwatch. Yeah. I would say Rocket, Rocket League, League, maybe Street Fighter. It's just one-on-one, -on -one, pretty kicks and punches. I guess, fighting games. So I'm... I'm fighting games are fair. Yeah, I, I don't play Smash, but I've gone on Overwatch Smash. Yeah. Getting in and getting my points in. Whatever. <laughs> um... Okay, well, yeah, let's uh, let's cap it off for there. Um, thank you, Stephen, for uh, joining me on this episode, and uh, hopefully, I I'll, I'll get to speak to you next week. Godspeed. And that's it for today's show. Thank you, everyone, for listening in, and catch everyone next week. <laughs>